Good day, everybody. Once again, it is me, the J to the E to the double F free. This is Jeffrey Harris, and you're listening to the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast. Today, we have a new exclusive one-on-one interview, especially for all of you. You know, ever since I started this podcast, there are some interviews I've been very surprised I've been able to get. I've been able to get some decent interviews in my time here at 411 Mania. Before I started this podcast, I was able to interview CM Punk for a one-on-one exclusive. We couldn't talk about professional wrestling, uh, as challenging as that was. Uh, Martha Hart, um, that was um, print only, though. Uh, Jim Ross, though, of course, we got for this podcast, uh, we got Chris Jericho. But this one is very special to me, just because I'm surprised when I can get the people I can get, but to be able to get this guy, the one and only Rob Van Dam, I would think a future Hall of Famer, a man who's a former WWE World uh, Heavyweight Champion. He's been everywhere. He's done it all. He's seen it all. This was a pretty special interview for me. So we got to talk about Rob Van Dam, who's currently a part of the Impact Wrestling roster, and he also has... uh, a new game uh, coming out, uh, a, a mobile app called Celebrity Slots. We talked about that and uh, what he's currently doing uh, on Impact with uh, Sammy Callahan and what's going on there. Um, this was pretty special. Rob Van Dam, he has an illustrious, long, historic career. Uh, we got into that a little bit, and uh, I'm very happy to be able to bring this interview for you. So here we go. This is an exclusive interview on the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast with the one and only Rob Van Dam. Here you go. This is Jeffrey Harris, or the J to the E to the double F free, and I'm speaking with a living legend, one of the greatest of all time, a former ECW World Champion, WWE World Champion, TNA World Champion, he is the one and only Rob Van Dam. He is also known as R R to the V to the Mother F and D. The whole F and show, Rob. This is a great honor and pleasure to be talking with you. And uh, you are you are here to speak with us today. You have a new project uh, called Celebrity Slots, a new slots game uh, that is launching that you are a part of. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, sir. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, coming up with all kinds of things for people to do while they're quarantined and on their phones. The Celebrity Slot game is a, it's a phone app, and uh, you're playing a Rob Van Dam game. Uh, everyone knows what to expect from a slot machine. So we went through, and all the symbols that you're lining up when you when you spin the, the wheels, they're Rob Van Dam symbols, you know, so we took like, a, let's make this one a chair, let's make this one a RVD, you know, kick pads, uh, there's one of, uh, I think there's one in there, uh, myself with uh, Katie and Jennifer, so if you line up uh, three, if you line up three, three threes, boom, you're a big winner, and then, uh, and, and the audio noise out of it, the 
sound effects are uh, are uh, personalized. So we spent a lot of time on this. We uh, were motivating you through the game. You get to hear like "Sweet dude, you won," and you get to hear Katie go "Hey!" And, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's totally a Rob Van Dam game, and it's uh, free to download it, and it's free to play, and you win stuff. Uh, you win prizes. Prizes like um, uh, we're doing like the you know Instagram like the cameo shoutouts and uh, uh, hashtags and stuff like that. But also personalized stuff too. You know, like I got uh, RVD items. There's always there's always like the, the autograph stuff. But uh, we're always going to be changing the prizes too um, as as this continues because we're going to want to cycle through. Uh, different ideas, but the, the big prize we have right now, uh, they asked me to pick what I think my fans w- would like the most, you know, and they, some suggestions were like a TV screen or an iPhone or something, some of the other uh, uh, items like that have been done uh, before by other people, and I thought that uh, the thing that would appeal to the most people would just be... Uh, uh, a gift card that could be used anywhere. So, so you can win a five hundred dollar gift card. It's free to play. It's a lot of fun. And if you're an RVD fan, then you can't not play it. So, this game, you fully voiced uh, this this game. And um, what are some of your favorite uh, lines? Do you have any original personal lines in this game? Man, uh, we did it. We did it so long ago. You know, some of it is specific uh, off the script to coordinate with certain things you do in the game, you know. Uh, I don't know. That's three in a row. But then there's also uh, some stuff where we just had fun, you know, where we're just Katie and I were just uh, making each other laugh, just saying different things and, and recording it, you know. Like, whoa! Uh, you know, Rob, Dad, Dad. I mean, that's the one everybody really wants to hear, but you're the whole effing show. I, I think. Want to hear that. I, I think. Ahead. I think a project like this, you can like update it over time and add new things over time as well. Can you see that happening? Yeah, I can totally see that happening. Um, you know that that's uh, what they do with technology. And so far, uh, I think the game's not like two days, three days. Came out this week, and uh, I'm getting feedback that people are having a lot of fun with it. So. Uh, some people that I know hit me up and said, I'm already addicted to your game. And uh, so that's, that's what you want to hear because uh, it's all about having fun. Now, what if, uh, could, could someone maybe like win a, a signed t-shirt or print or what about like a socially distanced dinner with Rob Van Dam? <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it, totally. Some of, you know, some of the things that have been suggested are like on our list, but but they're not gonna. But they might not be like what we're planning on offering at first. Then we'll cycle that around. That would be totally cool. Uh, there's a. I mean, we talked about an online. Um, I don't know meet, meet and greet for lack of a better term. But it seems like on that platform it could be whatever you want it to be. You know, here we are together online. You wanna you wanna have dinner. You wanna smoke a doobie. Yeah. You wanna stretch. What do you what do you wanna do? <laughs> Oh, what do you like the most about a platform like this? Or also, you know, we have Cameo. I know you're on Cameo right now. So what do you like about, I guess, the fan interactions and creating sort of kind of digital shout outs for fans? Uh, 
it's it's pretty cool because uh, one everybody seems to have access to a phone. No, so so that's a that's a great thing that everyone's on their phone. So like I'll I'll look at, at my phone and be like, Oh, I got five cameo requests, you know, cool, I'm gonna do them today and, and then it's those are like personal uh just personal message right to them, you know, like, Hey Jeff, enjoying the four one one, bro, keep it going from the whole effing show. Sometimes I do sometimes I do messages messages that are nine minutes long because I'm just uh, talking and having fun with it. And uh, um, and sometimes they have to talk about certain things, you know. So so definitely, you know, uh, when it comes to doing things like that, surprises, uh, you know, everybody knows. It's easiest on the surface to say, if you don't know, oh, Rock Van Damme's a wrestler. But come on, he's not just a wrestler. He's one of the best ever. And everyone knows but I'm, I'm as genuine as it gets. I'm the realest dude in the business, you know? So when it comes to messages, you know, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to ask if you cannot ask anything, you know? I tell people when they're doing interviews, they'll say, uh, is there anything that you don't want me to ask you about? I'm like, hell no, bring it, bring it, buddy. If I don't want to answer it, then I'll find a way to talk around it. So um, it's real. I'm, I'm proud of the real me uh, because people seem to, uh, relate relate to the real person that I am. I know that's coming across through in my character um, because it's it's genuine. It's not a big stretch from the real person that I am. So so this is cool. It gets you closer to the fans that care to be closer. You know. Um. Now I guess the thing that you know after what happened with Sonya Deville. Um, do you ever worry about like some of these crazy stalker types or trolls? Um, like, does Cameo do a good job of rooting those types out, or do you have to kind of be careful, like, with who contacts you on social media or, or wherever? Well, so with Cameo, you know, they contact Cameo, they put in a request, and then Cameo sends the request to me. And, you know, sometimes it's just like, hey, my, uh, you know, my my wife's birthday is coming up. She's a big fan. She's 30. Could you, you know, say happy birthday to Janice? I can, I can turn them down. If there's messages that, uh, that I don't want to do, you know, I could just say, I can decline to do it. Also, there's, a, there's like a seven day limit, I think. And if I don't do it within seven days, then it, that runs out and it gets canceled automatically anyway. And, uh, that has happened on accident a couple times. Uh, just because I've been too busy and didn't get to it. Uh, but there's, but it's not like they're able to uh, through the cameo specifically. It's not, it's not a live interaction. We're sending them a pre-recorded message, and it's not like they're getting any information of mine. If that answers your question, and even in a live situation, like if we do that as a prize for celebrity slots, and we're we're talking on Zoom or anything, it's it's, it's still not like we're gonna, you know, have my have my uh, be in my house or have my personal info. I think what's great about... To answer your question... Yeah. I'm sorry. I, did, I would like to follow up. I want to beat the crap out of that dude, <laughs> uh, that stalker, like every time I see his face. Yeah. And it's just it's so offensive. Yeah, it's just so offensive to me. And even though I don't know if I need to go, you know, it's it, in that respect, it is like a, like a family, like the industry, where I feel like, you know, I, I feel like... Like he breached, like he breached the boundaries of of me and my people. 
<laughs> you know? Well, that's what's scary to I me mean, about social media. It, it, it's great. I think it's great that you can get in touch and you can reach out to your fans directly. But it's also scary to me that when, when someone like that, like just you know, is, is stalking you and then trying to go to your home. And I like, I've, it's very scary, but moving on from that, um, you know, considering you, you've put three decades into this business, Rob, have you ever seen anything like, you know, what this current era, you know, where this pandemic era of wrestling and moving forward and, and still putting on shows at a time like this? Well, obviously, I've never seen anything close to this, this pandemic. You know, um, I don't want to use <laughs> I don't want to use the overused word unprecedented, but we haven't seen anything like this. Nobody has. It's a science fiction movie, and so it's amazing to me that everybody is able to adapt to the point to where they're able to you know persevere and keep moving forward, and that is what life's all about. But right now, things are really, really weird. And I'm concerned, you know, that a lot of people don't... I'm I'm doing great. I have actually enjoyed quarantine. I love being home. And, um, you know, it hasn't really changed my life a a whole lot. I know that other people have much worse conditions. A lot of people don't have jobs. They don't don't have any jobs in sight, any money. They don't know what they're going to do. And a lot of people are home by themselves, stuck. I'm worried about everybody, you know, getting uh, depressed and and um, and going through a really rough time right now. And it's amazing to me that we're able to not really focus on how bad it is because that would drive us crazy if we really thought about and really focused on the bad ever. You know, that's always a challenge in every day in life is to focus on the positive. And the situation like this, it's really challenging. So. I'm, I'm glad that everyone's able to at least continue and uh, and and you know keep 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 living a, a positive, even if it feels not real productive uh, life right now. As far as the wrestling, I, I'm amazed. I'm amazed the wrestling is still going on. That it's essential. Uh, I'm fortunate that I have a TV contract because pretty much right now, if you're not wrestling on TV, then you're not wrestling because you know they're not doing any live shows. Um, from a worker standpoint, from the RVD standpoint, is it a challenge for you, you know, figuring out the performance aspect in, inside the ring without having fans present? Is it, um, you know, you, you mentioned adapting to it earlier. How, do, how does Rob Van Dam adapt to this uh, format? Well, you really, I mean, even, even the, before you go out there, um, you, you, you kind of have to have we have to be able to visualize always right like when you're thinking about like your match before the match time you're thinking about you know moves that you want to do or whatever you're imagining how the crowd's going to react that's the purpose of doing the move at that particular time and uh and that's the whole story is, is bouncing off of the crowd and, and getting the reactions you want out of them and, and, and elongating the suspenseful moments and it's really you know challenging to do all that when they're not there, it's easier if you've had 30 years of experience. Um, otherwise, you you have to have been such a big fan and, and you watched it so much that you understand all of it, you know, if you're younger in your career. And that's, yeah, and that's most, most wrestlers anyway. But so going out there and, and there's no people, um, it's not, 
the the nerves are way down. You know, I mean, you know that you're not rest. There's not a, a whole crowd full of people uh, that are there that are clapping and screaming at you. But besides that, I mean, it's it's pretty calm because you're walking around in that room. But the the rule applies. You know, just like always. Uh, Regardless of how many people are in the venue, you know, that camera represents millions of people at home that are watching you. So that automatically goes into play and you automatically know. Um, but, you know, if you had to, if something really bad happened in the match, you could cut it and you could just like start over because it's not live anyway. Um, so, you know, it's, it, you look at it like that, then, then it's a lot easier. But you're still... When you're when you're wrestling and you're performing and you're and you're being filmed, you're still very conscious that that everybody uh, is watching you. They're just going to be watching you later. Now, uh, Sammy Callahan, he says he's in your head, and he is the reason you were unsuccessful in your challenge against Eddie Edwards for the Impact title uh, earlier this week at Emergence. He says he's in your head. He says he's in Katie Forbes' head. Do you have a response to Sammy Callahan, who you're facing next week? Well, that would explain why I took that knee from Eddie. I knew there had to be some reason. Uh, Sammy, I'm looking forward to my matches with Sammy. Um, I'm a fan of his work, and uh, and I um, I'm glad that we got this thing going on. Um, yeah, I think that uh, he is in, in Katie's head. It's easier to get into her head. She's not as experienced uh, as me, also not as headstrong as me. Headstrong on Amazon plug. And um, <clears throat> Sammy, uh, if Sammy thinks he's in my head, I think that you should tell him that my foot's going to be in his face. Now, it, it does seem that, you know, things have kind of progressed a lot for uh, Impact Wrestling. You know, considering, you know, you were a part of the company when it was under different people in charge, you know, Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff, and Dixie Carter, do you think the company has done a good job of progressing and kind of, uh, you know, making a, a better showing of itself lately, you know, now with the Access TV deal? And I think making a lot of positive changes overall. Yeah, there's definitely been uh, some movement, and at the same time, they, I think they also stick to certain characteristics that them what they are. You know, like some of the personality of the product hasn't really gone anywhere, um, for better or worse. Um, they've they've been around for so long, and since 2010 when I joined them, uh, the rest of the industry always was saying, "Oh, they're not going to be around." They're going to fold, they're going to lose their backer, they're going to lose their TV. And they just always, like, laughed at everybody and, and just marched on forward. And I respect that. Uh, just like just like any of us have to do, you know, if I, I can look at comments on social media from some ignorant fans that have no idea how awesome it is to be RVD. And um, I saw a comment yesterday that made me laugh. Uh, someone saw the, the the promo that I did for Celebrity Slots, and they said, "Everybody's trying anything, or he's desperately grasping at anything to, to remain relevant." And what can you do but just laugh? Because you know 
how funny it is and just like keep on doing what you're doing and that's what impact has always done since i've been around and they're they're as strong as is ever but they're a lot stronger they're they're working with collaboration deals they're getting uh you know on different um different platforms for their show but i mean students soon as uh, I knew that they were bringing RVD in and that they could afford RVD, I knew they were in good shape. You know, were any of the stories, the kind of backstage stories you'd read on the internet, you know, back during the Dixie Carter or Eric Bischoff regimes, were any of those legit or were they all, was it all exaggerated? What was it like from your perspective? Well, I mean, that's a pretty broad question, so I really don't know specifically uh, what you're referring to, but there's always a little bit of truth, not always, but usually uh, there's there's some amount of truth behind every good storyline, and um, it, there, I was gone before the uh, ownership change to Billy Corrigan and all that happened. I wasn't around during that, but when I was there... Uh, I saw the office change from Bischoff and Hogan to Vince Russo to uh, Richard. And so Dixie was trying different things. And I think that she was a little too trusting that she would just uh, have the right person uh, that would do the right thing and uh, and take care of business. Uh, which I understand. I, I've been guilty of that plenty of times myself. That, that, that was my comic book story that I had. I trusted that everybody that was there was just going to do the right thing. And I let them completely wipe me out. And in the meantime, hey, at least some of my fans got to meet some wrestling. So was it worth it? Uh, sure. Let's move forward. I think when I first discovered you, Rob, I think it was probably back 1998, 1999, when you were ECW uh, television champion during that amazing run. And I was just blown away by just like, not just your personality, but your fast pace and athletic style. Like you'd mix in like technical wrestling and mat wrestling, but I'd also see you do things that I never saw anyone else uh, do do before. Was that was that something you wanted to do when you were developing the RVD character and legend? Did you want to give fans to something they weren't seeing, uh, they weren't seeing anywhere else or ever before? Way before I was developing any character, that's all I was doing. Uh, even even before I got tra- trained to wrestle, um, when I was a kid imitating wrestling, that's what I was doing. Me and my friend were coming up with moves that we hadn't seen done before. So I attribute that just to the fact that I think outside the box. You know, I'm, um, I didn't know how different it was to approach the industry that way till. Actually, I mean, I already had my song, One of a Kind, until it was starting to sink in. I'm like, why, why did WWE make a song called One of a Kind? And JR was talking about how unorthodox my moves were. And, and I was realizing how different my style was. But before I ever had a, a match, like one of the first times I was ever in a ring, I was like, I wonder if I can jump up and do a split and then land on the top rope in the corner and then bounce off my legs and do a moonsault. Although I didn't know what a moonsault was back then, but I would think, you know, like a half a backflip. And I always was just inventing moves. That, that's what interested me. Even as a fan, I enjoyed seeing the moves that were different. Leaping Lanny Poffo 
got beat every single night. But as a fan, I pulled for him because he was athletic. He did a uh, he did flying head scissors and a back handspring, which back then was really really uh, outside the box because all these big guys were barely their feet weren't even leaving the mat. And then like Brady Boone and Owen Hart, these guys you throw them and they do twist flat on their feet. They were showing me movies that I hadn't seen before, and that inspired me, I guess, to, you know, to, to be that kind of a wrestler. Uh, back in 2002, you were one of Brock Lesnar's first big matches and feuds in, in WWE. What do you remember about working with Brock at the time, and um, did you like working with him? Yeah. I did. I didn't know him that well, um, but... Paul was really high on him, so Paul was like the uh, the middleman that you know was uh, that was standing there when I was talking to Brock earlier in the day, and um, Brock was uh, Paul was talking about you know Brock is going to give you this uh, his finishing move at five, and I was like what's that? And Brock looked at me and goes um, I'm going to like like I'll have you up here on my shoulder, and then he's like he rethought. No, I'll grab you like, like I'm gonna, and then he goes, I'll just get you, don't worry about it. <laughs> and I was like, huh, well, that's, you know, a lot of, like my whole career, uh, I'm, I'm, I've noticed that people expect me to be lighter than I am, because I'm, I'm always, always close to 235. My whole career, like it goes up or down a little bit, but I'm always around 235. And so I've had people say, oh, do a cross body, I'll catch you. And then they blow their knee out, and then they're mad at me because uh, I'm heavy. Um, so I remember thinking, like, wow, this guy, okay, let's see what he can get. And he picked, and he picked me up to that F5. Uh, it made me feel like I weighed five pounds. He's, he's, he's the strongest guy I've been in the ring with. And I do uh, I do enjoy working with him. Um, I'm a fan of his athleticism, and, um, and I love uh, – I'm a big fan of his – in general, so I love I love it when he's got like a, a UFC fight or whatever. Those are uh, I haven't watched UFC in in twelve months. I'm definitely gonna buy the pay per view when he's fighting. So, so um, were there any you know moments for you you know looking back in your career that like you know wow this looking back or at the time were you just really feeling wow this is a real special moment for me. I'm really just living in this moment and soaking it in. You know, maybe the classics with Jerry Lynn or maybe WrestleMania 18 beating Regal for the Intercontinental title, Money in the Bank at WrestleMania 22, or even maybe John Cena at One Night Stand. Did, did any of those moments just really like, man, this was quite a moment for me. I'm really just soaking it all up. Uh, I think when I... When I beat John Cena at one night stand, and then, like, I didn't know all the wrestlers were going to come out and uh, pick me up on their shoulders and celebrate. I didn't know all that was going to happen. Um, I knew I was going to go up, that I was going to go through the crowd and go up uh, and find my nasty ex, because that was uh, that was something that, that Paul had talked about. Uh, but... I think that, like, when I was in the ring and everyone was picking me up and stuff, I probably felt that some because I remember totally not believing that that was going to happen until it happened because that's part of the business. I'm pretty sure there's no exceptions to this rule. 
that you're going to get your heart broken. You're going to get promises made to you that aren't going to actually reach fruition. You're going to have people say, hey, we're going to do this with you and this with you. And then all of a sudden they're not, and they're doing that with somebody else. And so you have to deal with that. You know, that's, that's part of, for sure, when you make it to the top, that's part of the business there. So you have to learn to deal with it. You can either really, really care a lot and then have a really stressful life, but maybe be able to get to the top, or you can not give a crap, you know, which is kind of what I did. But I did not think that that, that, that was going to happen, that I would be holding off the championship belt until it actually really did happen. So I probably for sure had that feeling there. Most of my career, that was stripped away from me just by the fact that I wasn't allowed to be a fan anymore by the time I first stepped into a dressing room, you know? Like Sabu and Sheik, first time I got uh, actually in a dressing room, they were like, you're not a fan, you're one of the boys, don't talk to anybody, um, you know, unless you're going to introduce yourself and then shake your hand, introduce yourself, don't say anything else unless someone talks to you. And, and because of that being pounded into me so early in my training, most of my career I didn't enjoy as much as a lot of uh, wrestlers nowadays do, you know. It was just a different time. I couldn't, if I would have got a tattoo of, uh, of the date when I won the belt, like, you know, or something like that, I would have been beaten up and kicked out of the dressing room. It wasn't, you know. So, most of my career, I need someone like you to, to actually point out to me how full circle things have come. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I think it was a pretty special moment, you know, having you know, followed your career for years up to that point. That was, it was, it was a mo it was a real moment. It was like, people say re wrestling's fake, but that, that moment was real, Rob. Um, th thoughts on John Cena as a worker, you know, creating that, creating that match. John Cena as a worker and a top guy in general. What do you think? Oh, I think he's great. And I love working with him. You know, I loved him during that match. Uh, he's such a professional, you know, that's not the first time I've seen the crowd be 100% against them. You know, uh, I've seen it happen like in, in Wales, in Cardiff, Wales, was the first time I saw it, and he got on the microphone, and uh, he said, hey, you know, that's great, that's great, I'm glad you're doing, I'm glad you're having a good time, reacting, that's what we want, he, you know, and he just like... He was like, uh, that means that you're you're enjoying yourself, you know. Uh, I don't care if you boo or two, as long as you make some noise. And man, he turned them around, and, and then they were cheering him. And I realized, you know, like I need I need John when he was still working at Gold's Gym in Venice Beach. He would check me in when I would come in to work out, um, and to see him go where he went, um, it, it was cool to see that. But uh, also, you know, he stayed there for a long time because he is he is that good. Uh, in the ring, in the in the office, everywhere. Do you think he's going to become a, a star that will rival The Rock, you know, in the big screen and everything? Um, I, I think that he will have his own path, and I think that, you know, he will do very well. He's already doing very well. Um, but I think, you know, that Rock has carved out his own path that's probably going to be uh, just, just for The Rock. Now, I remember... Um, you know, you talk about getting your heart broken in this business, Rob, and I remember hearing from you in another interview how, you know, when you were making that transition to WWE in 2001 and just being put in the middle of all these backstage politics, is that aspect of the business, you know, when you're in a major promotion, is that 
an aspect that you maybe dislike the least of being a part of wrestling? Now, when you say dislike the least, do you really mean dislike the most? I mean, yeah, dislike the most. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, that's uh, yes. Looking back at it, I didn't have to be as stubborn, you know, but, I, but I'm, I'm older now like than I was then. Uh, and so as you go through life, your perspective has to change because you're looking at things from a different place, right? So because of that, I'm always uh, looking to improve myself. And when I look back at those times, I wouldn't have been doing politics even today, you know. Like I've always hated that part because I just wanted my talent to get me as far as they could. I wanted to get what I deserved and nothing more than that. I didn't want to cut anybody else's momentum off in order to get myself ahead, you know. So um, that wouldn't change. But I was so competitive back then in such a com- in a competitive state of mind that I, I looked at all the other wrestlers as competition, you know, so I'd be like, I'd be more like, man, screw that guy, you know, or, and, and, and sometimes on a personal level, man, he really thinks he's tough, like, I wish I could, you know, kick his ass out in the parking lot and teach him, you know, the, how, see how he is outside the ring, and that was really, like, part of my thought through most of my career, and I, and I, and I think maybe it was necessary to, uh, to get where I got and, and to stay there and stuff, but 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 now I got a lot more room for love for everybody because I'm not as competitive. I'd, I'd happily step aside and give my twenty. If I got twenty minutes of TV time, nothing would make me happier than to step aside and give you nineteen minutes. All right, Rob. Last question here. So we have the the uh, celebrity slots game featuring you, where uh, fans can compete for uh, prizes and, and special. Uh, personal uh, VIP prizes featuring Rob Van Dam. We have your cameo. We have you on Impact Wrestling next week on uh, against Sammy Callahan. Are there any other projects, uh, anything, any social media plugs, anything you want to inform uh, the listeners or readers about? I wanted to give you absolutely. that time to do that. Thank you, absolutely. Um, you're going to see so many different projects come out over the next several weeks because I have so many uh, things on the table. But uh, I spend a lot of my time now on RVD CBD, and that that's transpired through uh, my movie Headstrong, which is on Amazon. And that, that pathway and helping people and, and exploring the conversation about concussions so we can learn more about it, uh, that combined with the fact that I've lost uh, a lot of my peers through either suicide or through uh, you know overdoses of narcotics, uh, both of those factors, both of those factors uh, led towards uh, me wanting to uh, put my energy into, into into the CBD field and uh, and to help uh, try to put that to an end. So. Um, right now, I have some products that are different than the CBD products on the market. Because of that, I'm getting great feedback. I'm 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 helping people's lives, and it's great. Like I've never been part of something so so positive as promoting Headstrong and RVD CBD because I'm helping the quality of people's lives, and it's just great. And it's something that I'm totally qualified to do because it's all about 
my my story. I've been a, a cannabis act, you know, um, activist and advocate for over twenty years. So I'm able to educate people on it. So and then, you know, uh, I've had hundreds and hundreds of concussions. So uh, I, you know, I, I used to have an indestructible image, uh, you know, which was great. But, but now I find by sharing a little bit of. Uh, vulnerability I'm helping like so many people so uh, I don't mind being the poster boy for uh, for let's find a cure for concussions and, and let's let's keep pulling uh, different cannabinoids out of the plant and see what else we come up with uh, Rob RBCBD.com RBCBD.com oh. Headstrong on Amazon Celebrity Slots and, uh, you know, like you said, RobNM.com is meant to be a hub so people can get everything. But follow me at the Real RVD. Um, boom, boom, boom. Uh, Rob, you are you are truly one of a kind. You are a once-in-a-universe type of talent. Thank you for everything, you know, you've done for the business and you continue and what you continue to do, you know, with your ac advocacy and activism work. Um you have you have you captured my imagination, you know, many years ago, and, and uh, it's still great to see you doing what you do and always just being honesty, and and not just being honest, but being you know someone with a positive presence, a positive voice about making changes for the better, and I and I and I get that from you right now, and I appreciate you know the way you you go about things. I really do appreciate that. Uh, appreciate that. So thank you very much, man. Right on, Jeff. I appreciate you. Thanks for thanks for noticing. Appreciate Enjoy it. And have a group, have an excellent day. Yeah, thank you, and best of luck to you, Rob. And I uh, can't wait to see what you're going to be doing next. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Bye bye. All right. Thank you very much to the one and only Rob Van Dam for joining us on today's podcast. So you can check out Celebrity Slots right now. On the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, on uh, Android or iOS devices. He's on uh, Impact Wrestling. There's uh, Tuesday nights on Axis TV. And his documentary, Headstrong, is uh, available on Amazon Prime. Now, for 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast, you can check us out on the 411 Mania YouTube channel, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. If on YouTube, if you can leave us a like, a comment, a subscribe, we would very much appreciate it. If you can leave us a five-star rating or review on um, Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate that as well. But more than anything, thank you for finding the show and listening to us, uh, especially now in these very crazy, uncertain times. I hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Once again, I am the J to the E to the double F free. This is Jeffrey Harris, and you've been listening to the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast. Bye, everybody.